from the very beginning, if you read my column, my column, Joe and Kyle is my column. And it's on BillOReilly.com. From the very beginning, and this is what you always have to understand, it was a plan for the progressive left to exploit this case. Step number one was to demonize the shooter Rittenhouse, 17 at the time, as a white supremacist. If you are a white supremacist, you're not entitled to any rights at all. You're guilty, no due process, just hang you. So the media bought in immediately at NBC News and CNN, immediately. Okay, so here was a reaction on Friday from MSNBC. I'm disgusted at what I'm seeing. It's not just this trial, it's other trials, but this in particular, the fact that white supremacists roam the halls of Congress freely and celebrate this little murderous white supremacist and the fact that he gets to walk the streets freely, it lets you know these people have access to instituting uh, laws. This system is permissive of white violence. It tries to find a way to empathize, sympathize, and excuse white violence. And Kyle Rittenhouse is just the latest beneficiary of that bias in the justice system. I think there's a real reason why you didn't see a lot of protests yesterday, Tiffany. It's because if you went into the street after that verdict, you could be shot dead in the street and there would be no consequence. That's just insane. NBC pays these people. It pays certain people millions of dollars to hate their country and anybody who disagrees with the progressive movement. NBC, Comcast, writes a check every week to haters. So does Disney. All right, CNN, which is falling apart at a rate no one's ever seen in the media. Okay, they went from 2 million viewers 2016 to about 700,000 now. And they're on their way down to below a half million viewers on average. That's the average of every day. That is a catastrophe, and they will not come back from that. Okay? But they're still in business. Roll the tape. So, I mean, let's not, let's be very clear, Chris. The reason this is not surprising is because Kyle Rittenhouse is a young white boy who has never in his life been perceived as a threat, even after he shot three people with an AR. 15 rifle just you based think if off he was black color, they would have convicted him let me tell you just based off of his color he's given the presumption of innocence that isn't always extended to the people of color there's two different justice systems in this country there's one for african-americans and there's one for the rest including the police departments so you know i think what we just witnessed was an illusion of how the real judicial system is supposed to play out no it was an illusion you saw the videotape you saw it Everybody saw it. So these people go on and they lie, say anything they want. I got to tell you, when I worked at Fox News for more than 20 years, that would never happen on my program. And you know it, ever, in a million years. But it didn't happen on any of the other programs. It just didn't happen. Okay. All of that doesn't mean much because nobody watches it. And everybody knows those are dishonest, intellectually dishonest people. But Biden means something to the world. It may not mean anything to you, but he means something to the world. So right after the Rittenhouse verdict, the not guilty verdict came in, here's what Biden said. I just heard a moment ago. Do you have any reactions? I, I didn't watch the trial, so I, you know. Do you stand by your past comments waiting for him to 
Well, look, I stand by what the jury has concluded. The jury system works and we have to abide by it. Now, that was actually seen. Okay, when I heard that, I went, that was Koji. But uh, a little uh, while later, official White House statement showed up, put it on screen, quote, while a verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included. We must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. I ran on a promise to bring Americans together because I believe that what unites us is far greater than what divides us, unquote. So this guy, the president of the United States, he goes, I didn't watch a trial, but I'm angry at the verdict. So what did I do? I'm a historian slash journalist. I went back to every president and saw, tried to see if any other president had undermined the jury system like Biden did saying he's angry with the verdict. The answer is no, not one. I couldn't find anything. And there have been thousands of high profile trials in this country. He is so irresponsible, Joe Biden. He is so out of control in what he's doing from day to day in this country that it is stunning. But then you step back and you say, Doesn't he or his handlers, who the handler put out the statement that I just had in the screen. Biden's original words were Biden's. They didn't tell him to say that. He just said it. But then they said, ooh, ooh, we better better put out a stronger statement for our base. And that gobbledygook went up. And they probably didn't remember that Biden said, well, I didn't see the trial. So if you didn't see the trial, can you be angry about the birth? Ugh. Joining us now from Abilene, Texas. That is God's country, that's for sure. Ash Wright, Republican strategist. Pleased to have him on the program. So look, you got a situation where every poll in the country says that the Democratic Party and the President of the United States is losing credibility in a shocking way. Not slowly, it's all falling apart. Yet, on the highest profile trial in a while, the man comes out and says, he's shocked by the verdict. He's disappointed by the verdict. I I mean, I'm saying to myself, are they, do they want to self-destruct? Are they doing this on purpose? I mean, it, it seems like they are doing it on purpose. And I, I think at, at bare minimal, it's that they know that at the end of the day, Republicans don't have a unifying message. We're really not unified as a party. Part of what we do and what uh, the Republicans' problem is, is that we, we spend a lot of times in the weeds, meaning we like to argue more with each other than we like to actually argue with Democrats. So when you look at, for example, the infrastructure bill, a lot of the news yesterday were governors going on CNN and MSNBC 
Pelosi and talking about, you know, protecting the 13 congressmen that voted against the bill. They shouldn't lose their committees when we should be talking about the fact that our president undermined the jury system or that his um, his um, uh, disapproval rating is increasing at the exact same rate that grass prices are in- are increasing, which is something that's real to Americans. But as a party, we just are so bogged down in the weeds and we can't seem to get out um, from under um, actually the, the like issues that matter. And we need to kind of bring it back to this kind of this overarching message where we're talking about the economy and inf- inflation. We all need right, to talk I, about I agree, CRT I agree with day. all that, but there's no leadership for the Republican Party in the country. None at all. None yeah. at all. There's one guy, Donald Trump, and there's nobody even close. There are some right. governors like DeSantis, but nobody else. And there's no party machine that unlike the Democrats, coalesces and says, here's our message today. Doesn't happen. So, yes, you're right. right. Republican communications. But this isn't about them. It's about the Democrats. So they got to see they're losing all the independents. They're losing moderate Democrats. Yet they still come out, issue a paper statement where the president says he's angered by the verdict and he didn't even read it. He didn't even watch a trial. So I'm saying, so do you not understand that people are going to go, that's insane? Do you think they know what they're doing on the Democratic side? No, I don't think they know what they're doing at all. I think they ultimately believe that they can run as far left as they want. And at the end of the day, after this primary season is over and when they get into the general election, they will just bring it back to the middle and Americans will just buy it hook, line and sinker. At the end of the day, they know that fixing gas prices, fixing the economy, you know, correcting tweets and and they'll just run Uncle Joe back out there and everybody will love him again. And they believe that that will be the case. I don't think that's going to happen this time. I think Americans are smarter than that. But that's what they believe internally. Okay, and that's and why that, they that frankly makes just don't care me. about these polls. And by the way, Ash, you uh, and if I didn't like you, you'd have to pay two hundred dollars to charity. Because we find people for saying at the end of the day, 50 bucks. I know you didn't know that, so you're going to get a pass. <laughs> okay. We are a cliche free zone. I think you're right, though, in your analysis that they believe this will blow over. Something magical will happen that the folks will put aside all the pain that they individually are suffering by Biden's incompetence. And somehow, there, every Democrat in the country is hoping Trump runs, every one of them, because then they'll Absolutely. make that, it'll, the issues will fly out the window and it'll be about him again. But anyway, right. let's okay. just, okay. last question for you. We're living in a country now that's on the decline. Would you agree with that? Yes, sir. Okay. So people say, well, okay, a year from now, the folks will be able to remedy this through the midterms. And I believe they will. I think the Democratic Party will suffer historical losses. But Biden's still in there. He still has that power of the executive branch. How bad do you think Biden's going to get? Oh, I think I think we have no idea how bad he's going to get. As soon as the midterms are over, he will turn to executive orders. It will be I mean, it will be catastrophic. And I think and and I want to say this too. a lot of it. I don't believe is really Joe Biden. I think it's his handlers. I, th- I think Joe almost doesn't know what's going on and he's allowing 
allowing these liberals on the back end to make these decisions. And, and they are going to stop at nothing. They're not beholden to the political power. They're not beholden to the electric. They're not worried about these numbers. They're worried about driving their agenda and keeping them and themselves in their jobs and in their power. It's going to get a lot worse. Yeah, I think it's going to get worse, too. Hey, Ash, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for helping us out today. We appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Quickly, the protests against uh, Rittenhouse verdict did not materialize much. New York City, um, less than a thousand gathered in Brooklyn and scream anti-American slogans. Portland, Oregon is the most radical town, home of Antifa. Then about 200 people turn out and they try to do violent stuff. But the Portland Police Bureau out there is getting more aggressive because people are moving out of that city and businesses are moving out. Uh, They have a catastrophe out there. Um, A local KATU TV crew was attacked by the Antifa. I used to work there in Portland. It was interesting. I got to spend a lot of time on this, but I blew into town, into Oregon from the East Coast. I'd never been to Oregon before. But I saw a station that was number three when I got there, and I knew I could move it to number one. And I did uh, in a fast time. Um, because I'm obnoxious. I, I'm right in your face. I did straight news. I didn't even do a commentary, but I wrote it all. And I delivered it in a way that people knew we weren't fooling around. We did a lot of good investigations and we helped the town while I was there. But KATU, the camera people were excellent. And to see two of them attacked by these Antifa, I'll tell you what. Oh. L.A., San Diego, Oakland, there were some demonstrators there. In L.A., the Revolution Club sponsored it. The Revolution Club, great. But not that many people showed up. Uh, Oakland, about 100. Uh, San Diego, I don't even know. But here's something interesting. Um, In Chicago, there was a small demonstration on the Miracle Mile. But while it was going on, the looters whipped into Neiman Marcus and did what I just reported, stole a lot of stuff while the cops were busy with the white supremacy demonstration, whatever idiot thing they had. All right, COVID. So uh, violence across Europe. Uh, They don't want the lockdowns over there, these people. They don't want mandatory vax, which they're going to have in Europe, uh, in Rotterdam, Holland. Cops actually fired into the crowd. Now, I have not seen that since I covered the Falklands War from Buenos Aires, Argentina. They usually fire rubber bullets. They fired live rounds. Two people were hit. That's how bad it was in Rotterdam. All right, over in Vienna, where there's going to be a total lockdown and and a vax um, mandate, about 35,000 people showed up. 35,000. And it's getting nasty. This is all COVID. Italy had petered out at the Circus Maximus. Didn't nothing much happen there. Belgium, another 35,000. The protest for freedom march. Um, And that uh, protest was violent. That was uh, throwing rocks at cops, smashing cars, setting fires. That's what we saw here after George Floyd. That's what happened in Belgium. Okay, uh, COVID-19. So I report on this accurately. 
you can take it or leave it. And I don't mean that in a flippant, arrogant way. But what I tell you is essentially true. I don't remember making any mistakes on my COVID reportage. So there's a guy named Dr. Mar- Michael Warby, W-O-R-O-B-E-Y. He is a biologist at the University of Arizona and a specialist in infectious disease. He put out a paper two days ago in the academic journal Science. I'm going to quote Dr. Warby says that most of the known COVID-19 cases in December 2019, when this all started, had a direct or indirect link to the Huanan marketplace. Quote, these infected people worked at the market, visited it, had contact with someone who was there or lived nearby. He found by piecing together genetic data, reports, and early accounts of COVID patients. Okay? Wall Street Journal published parts of this last Friday. Now, I believe this is true. In fact, I believe it a year and a half ago on April 20th, 2020. Roll it. My analysis is based on fact. 2007, University of Hong Kong warned that Chinese citizens ingesting the horseshoe bat in whatever form, I didn't say soup, right, were carriers of a vicious virus. That's 2007. That's 13 years ago. All right. So using that analysis and that warning and knowing that the so-called wet markets are very active in Wuhan, they sell the horseshoe bat so you can eat it right there. We, my investigators and myself, believe that it was carried by someone consuming that food, that bat. And then what happened was when people started to get ill, the Wuhan lab took them in and isolated the virus and then tried to weaponize it. All under the aegis of Dr. Anthony Fauci, who, mark my words, they're going to expose this. But the origin of it is not man-made. It went from bat to human to Wuhan lab to the world. You know, I'm proud of my reporting. Way ahead on this. And I hope you check out uh, Dr. Warby's thesis. Okay, so we have a situation where all of this spending is now causing the Fed to print more money because they have to cover the expenditures. There's not enough money in the U.S. Treasury to do it. So they print money. And that means the dollars that you have in a bank or invested, their worth go down. That's inflation. So Biden's running around with Jen Psaki. Oh, no, it's not going to cause more inflation. Every economist in the world just goes, what? And this is the extent of the incompetence that we have in Washington, D.C. right now. So Rasmussen Daily Tracking, we give you this every day. 41% of likely U.S. voters approve of Mr. Biden's job performance. 58 don't. Bad number. Um, I thought you might want to hear what the uh, Trump number was. Um, So in October 2020, before the vote, economist YouGov 
had Trump at 45% approval. Okay, NBC News had him at 45. Harvard Harris had him at 46. Gallum had him at 44. Not even close to where Biden is. So, you know, interesting information. And there's another big difference. That the people who liked Donald Trump and his performance in office really liked him. They were fanatical Trump people. And they would vote for him no matter what. Biden's support is soft. I've never seen a person go, oh, I got to have that Joe Biden. He's the best. That Joe Biden, he's really doing a hell of a job. Have you? So all Biden's support is, is an anti-Trump play. That's it. So then the question becomes, the Democratic Party knows all this. What do you do? You only have less than a year before the midterms where the Democrats could lose everything in Congress, and that's the end of Joe Biden. So joining us now from New York City is Paul Alexander, the former media strategist for Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, a Democrat from Hawaii. So you can imagine, and I'm sure you know, that these meetings are going on. Now, how do we bring this back? How do we stop the bleeding and the polling? Do you have any idea what the strategy might be? You know, there are a number of very basic things that I would recommend if I was in the administration. Uh, first and foremost, I think President Biden's open hostility toward oil and gas is a self-inflicted wound. There is no reason for the U.S. not to be energy independent, especially with record inflation and a supply chain crisis already hurting American wallets. Now, Eric Adams, the Democrat mayor-elect of New York City, was recently threatened by leadership of Black Lives Matter with riot and bloodshed if he did not give in to their demands. Adams just held a press conference calling on national Democrats to condemn this extremism. This would be an easy opportunity for President Biden to take a tough stance against real threats of violent crime. And beyond that, I would look to the very sensible and popular platform of now former Democrat Andrew Yang, who just recently launched the Forward Party. And I would use the bully, bully pulpit to advocate for issues with bipartisan support overwhelmingly, things like open primaries, ranked choice voting, and term limits. Doing so would restore some of his credibility as a pragmatic consensus builder and do a lot to enhance the transparency, fairness, and efficiency of our democracy. Isn't it too late? Come on, Paul, let's be honest. I mean, the guy, you know how hard it is to change people's perceptions. You get off on the wrong foot, they got that image, and his image is shot. I mean, he doesn't command the stage, he hasn't done anything to help the country, with the possible exception of vax rollouts, but he hasn't done anything. Isn't it too late for him? No, I don't believe so. Uh, one year is an eternity in politics, and three years is obviously triple that length, whatever triple eternity. But it's not going to be three years. He gets whacked next November. It's over sure. for the Biden administration. That, that could be true. Uh, it's, you know, he was in the Senate for four decades. Uh, when push comes to shove, perhaps he will really show his ability to form uh, some consensus within that governing body 
and actually get things done. Perhaps now, when he doesn't have to do that, at least on paper by the numbers, he's being a little more bold and trying to check off more things from the progressive agenda than he otherwise would. See, I could be wrong and I could be mean and I don't want to be either, but I don't think he's up to the job. I don't think he Look, can that's, do it. Okay. I mean, that's certainly your opinion. Uh, I'm not going to, uh, do to argue that. Do you disagree with that opinion? No. Do you think that Joe Biden at age 79 can run this country effectively? He certainly has not instilled confidence in me thus far, uh, but I was of a similar belief prior to the election, to be fair. <laughs> so that so really you has never not thought changed. that Biden would be a good president. It was just the anti-Trump movement that put him into office, right? To an extent. I mean, you had mentioned the polling earlier, and I think we should look at that. It, it, it is important to acknowledge that over the last five years in particular, there has been a consistent misreading of the electorate by national pollsters on both Democrat favorability and GOP turnout. The most egregious example that comes to mind is that ABC News Wisconsin poll that had Biden up plus 17 the week of the 2020 election, and then he won it by less than a point. You know, the Real Clear Politics average had Andrew Gillum ahead of Ron DeSantis by nearly four points, and we know Ron DeSantis won that race. More recently, it had New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy up by eight points, and look how close that race turned out to be. So I think there is ample evidence here to suggest a real disconnect between Democrat polling and Democrat performance. Now, on to okay. Biden. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you, and I'm going to base it on a fact. Okay. So if you analyze the daily television ratings for MSNBC and CNN, unquestionably pro-Biden, sure. they are at historic lows. No one watching them. Now, Fox is losing audience as well, but not nearly as rapidly. So that tells me that Democrats and independents who might be sympathetic to Mr. Biden, they don't want to see him. What do you think? Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. As I had said previously, his appearances rarely instill confidence, so I'm not going to entirely disagree with that. If you, if you want to break up the segments between progressives, moderates, and independents, we can examine each of those. You know, right now, he does not seem to have a clearly defined base. He is yet to deliver any sort of major legislative victory for progressives who were already not particularly enthusiastic about him to begin with. For moderates, 
the infrastructure bill could be seen as a major victory, but I, I honestly do believe it's being overshadowed by the backlash to these controversial vaccine mandates, and that has turned him into a fairly polarizing president. Combine that gonna, with- uh, The folks are not gonna care about any bill back better when they're paying three times as much for a gallon of gas and twice as much for food. Those issues will override any theoretical stuff. Last word. I don't disagree with that. And if we want to look at that further, let's look to Bill Clinton as an example, who won independence overwhelmingly in his 96 reelects and left office with a 61% approval rating despite all the scandals. Why? Well, the economy was booming and he made lowering violent crime a top priority of his administration. Yeah, he moved Security. Around. Security bill is a primal need, not a partisan one. That includes both financial security and public safety. And There's thus no doubt about that. But, but, but Clinton, was an extra, Clinton was an extraordinary politician, and Biden is not. Hey, Paul, we really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, and a uh, very interesting segment. Now, here's a story that I don't think you're going to see many other places. So the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms has accumulated information on about 55 million Americans who own guns. By law, the ATF is not allowed to intrude on your gun purchases. Okay. Now, when you buy a gun, the sale is recorded and background checks are done. But if you are clear, that's it. They don't store it. But the ATF is stored 55 million because there's a loophole. The loophole is if the gun shop anywhere in the country goes out of business, it has to send all its sales records to the ATF. Why? Because if a gun is used in a crime and it's traced back to a store that no longer exists, then the investigation is hampered. So this is a law. It's a law in the books. Gun shop goes out of business. All the data goes to the federal government. So now they're up to 55 million and they want more. Because I don't believe in a slippery slope most of the time, but I do believe that the progressive left, if it got you know, power in both houses and the presidency, would try to ban guns. Now, the Supreme Court would overturn that. They wouldn't allow it. However, the damage that a federal government can do, putting you in the enemy category because you have a gun, could be substantial, like an IRS audit. They do that, believe me. Okay, and on that subject, the uh, three panel, three-judge panel, federal judges, have stayed Biden's crazy order to mandate vaccine for all businesses employing more than 100 people. So that order that Biden signed is now stopped because the three judges say, hey, there looks to be constitutional violations, which there are. But the Biden administration isn't stopping telling private business to do it. Here's the Biden spokesman. 
So I want to be really clear as well is that the Congress empowered OSHA uh, with through a law, through a law that has been in the books for more than 50 years. So this is an authority that we believe uh, that Department of Labor has. We are very confident about it, confident about it. Okay, so what she's saying is there's a law that gives the federal government a right to regulate safety in the workplace. And there is. But and that's what they're using. So she's saying we're going to win because that law is on the books and OSHA, which is in charge, the agency in charge of private business and making sure that the business doesn't exploit people or hurt people. Um, we're going to win this. Well, so what? Maybe you will. But you don't defy a three judge panel. They did the same thing on the remain in Mexico policy, which was stopped, as you know, but they're still not bringing a massive amount of people back to Mexico. So all this is going to play out probably to the Supreme Court. It just shows you they don't have any respect. Um, they don't have any respect at all for the American Constitution. The Biden and he doesn't even know it. I mean, if you were on my program and just let's debate the Constitution, Mr. President, you think he could answer any questions about it? No. And he'd probably say, well, Barack Obama didn't know much about it either. <laughs> that would probably be his answer. All right. This is an interesting story. California's COVID rate is now twice that of Florida. Y'all know that Newsom out there, the governor, has had, you know, very strict COVID rules, mandates for everyone. And Florida is laissez-faire, okay? They don't really want, there's a law against mandates in Florida, COVID mandates. And California's COVID rates twice that of Florida. Interesting, right? Uh, so you know this guy, Van Morrison, brown-eyed girl, moon dance. He's had a few hits, kind of a crazy guy. Um, he is uh, 76 years old, lives in Northern Ireland, Belfast. And he's being sued by the Northern Ireland government. Now, this isn't the Republic of Ireland. Northern Ireland is attached to London, part of Great Britain. So Morrison is an anti-vaxxer or something. And he's very outspoken. And he's attacked the health minister, Robin Swan. Okay, and Swan, using government money and power is filing a defamation lawsuit against Van Morrison. Here's Morrison's reply. Um, I decided to, to have a look at him. Um, and um, the reason why I'm saying he is dangerous um, is it, I'll give you some some clues to why I'm saying he's dangerous. Um, and this is specifically to do with Northern Ireland, specifically about Northern Ireland, I'm speaking. There's too much control over our lives and jobs. Uh, he has too much control over running people's lives and means of support. Too much control over um, uh, medical conditions as far as like hospital and uh, people saying loved ones. I think Morrison wins that suit. I don't think he's going to um, lose it. Could be wrong. Northern Ireland's a very strange place. Believe me, I spent some time there in the, the time of the troubles.
Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. So Middlebury College in Vermont is an excellent academic school. It was started in 1800. I actually took my son there to look at it. And we were there for about 20 minutes and we saw how crazy it was. Crazy left. And we said, mm, it's nice, but no. Okay, so now the director of counseling at Middlebury College is a guy who hates white people. His name is Dr. Alberto Soto. Now, I don't know him. I'm only saying that he hates white people because of what he said. I'm going to quote him now. So maybe he doesn't hate white people. Maybe I'm being unfair to Dr. Soto. But explain this. Put it on up. Quote, at some point, says Dr. Soto, we must address and identify the source of all our psychic suffering, which is whiteness. Heteronormalivity, patriarchal systems, etc. So the source of all suffering is whiteness and heterosexual people. Okay, that's the guy in charge of counseling at Middlebury College, Rutgers University, State University at New Jersey. Okay, so. They have a woman teaching there, an associate professor in the Department of Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies. Okay, her name is Brittany Cooper. All right, so what does Brittany say? Quote, throw it on up. I think that white people are committed to being villains in the aggregate. White people's birth rates are going down because they literally cannot afford to put their children, newer generations, into the middle class. It's super perverse, and also, they kind of deserve it. (laughs) 
Now, that is so insane, I can't even begin. But you guys who live in New Jersey, you're paying taxes, state taxes. That goes to Rutgers to pay Brittany Cooper's salary. (laughs) And that's why the country is a mess, because more colleges are crazy than are not college, than are not crazy. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Okay, we have a good final thought. I first want to tell you that Christmas is coming and I guess those geese are getting chubby. But BillOReilly.com, a Christmas store, we don't have any supply problems. We have everything, and it's very, very reasonably priced. If you buy a bundle, the O'Reilly Christmas gift bundle, you get, all right, Killing the Mob, fabulous book. By the way, that's a great gift in itself. Regret your 2020 vote yet, bumper stickers, the God Bless America tree ornaments, and you get a gift certificate to BillOReilly.com, you can give to somebody else. So this is why this is important. If every premium member, and I can't tell you how many they are because it's a corporate thing, but uh, it's six figures. Okay. If every premium and concierge member gave one membership as a gift, you get all that stuff free. And we double our delivery. So help us so we can help you, because the more premium members and concierge members we have, the lower our pricing is. And if you are a concierge member, you get 20% off all the Christmas stuff. Premium members, 10%. So it's worth checking out, I believe. Word of the day, do not be a lout, L-O-U-T, when writing to BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Now, final thought. So people believe what they want to believe. And then you can bring in facts. Some are persuadable, but many are not. Let me give you two good examples. The election of 2020. Both sides. So if you hate Donald Trump, there is no amount of evidence 
a vote of fraud that you will believe. None. Zuckerberg, arrests, anything. You are not going to believe that election was fraudulent no matter what if you hate Trump. If you love Trump and do believe there was fraud in the election that rises to the level that the election should have been thrown out, there's no amount of evidence on the other side that will dissuade you from that belief. So you can say the audit in Arizona didn't produce anything you could could introduce in court, because that's true. I don't care. So both sides are never, ever going to change their opinion, ever. They believe what they want to believe. Now, how about individual faith? The rise of atheism and people who don't believe in any religion is astronomical in America. Okay, we are becoming a very secular country. Why? Because believing in religion, which generally has rules to follow, is hard. It's hard. I don't want to follow any rules. I don't want you to tell me what I can and can't do. I want to do whatever I want to do. So I'm not going to go to any religion. Okay? No, I don't care. I can't see any God. I'm not going to believe it. Because it's hard to believe it, and I don't want to do it anyway. That's what's going on. So uh, I've been researching eyes, physical eyes. Don't ask me why. I'll explain it someday. But your eyes, the intricacy of just that body part is beyond any evolution. Couldn't happen. It's so intricate, the human eye, that it had to have been created by a higher power. There's no way some amoeba or some cell or something could have happened. And just, if you want an interesting thing to do, just research the eye a little bit. It's incredible. And it just couldn't have come from some swamp or an asteroid or whatever they're saying. So that kind of science leads rational people to a higher power. So I wanted to counteract the secularism stuff, but again, people are gonna believe what they wanna believe. And I hope you believe this is a worthy broadcast. We'll see you tomorrow.